0: We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that we're recording this podcast on, the Shumash, Keech, and Tongva people, and pay our respects to their elders, both past, present, and emerging. Yeah.
1: Dolly, a great party. We all are a
0: feather, we're tougher than leather. Together yeah, we're, you, beautiful, we're, beautiful, we're, we're, we're
1: together. Beautiful babies. Beautiful babies. Good Welcome. Morning. Good morning. Good morning to you.
0: Good morning. You, you Good morning. look like a beautiful
1: baby this morning. There's an innocence in your eyes. Oh, uh,
0: really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah,
1: it's really nice. How are you feeling today?
0: Um, Great. <laughs> I'm really happy.
1: <laughs> Have you had a wheatgrass shot in the butt? No. I've Be-
0: had a colonic in New York and a colonic in LA, but no, coast to coast.
1: But no wheatgrass involved.
0: No, I've I've had wheatgrass, just drinking it.
1: Because there's been, you know, week to week, there's been little mentions of Daphne Javich, our close friend and week beautiful to week, baby. There's wheat to wheat. Yes. And I suggested to her, what about if we have a drinking game for all the listeners, the beautiful babies, where they have to do a shot every time you or I mention her name. And she suggests that it should be a wheatgrass shot, but only in the butt. And I just think, like, I love all the beautiful babies and the podcast listeners, but it just it feels demanding.
0: Maybe a little too demanding.
1: Yeah, maybe we have to at least have clocked in a year of pods before we force suppositories upon our audience. Yeah,
0: suppositories, I think, were a bigger thing. I'll always remember in a Marlena Dietrich uh, biography that, um, Fernando Lamas used to they used to take them as sort of kind of like a quaalude like an, a downer uh, this is not in a healthy way but in a sort of maybe getting high way and they would do uh, suppositories which were like drugs back in the 50s well you can put anything in there yeah, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. but she always called them um, something like boring like there was a funny term that I won't remember but she was very witty and whenever
1: i've never heard anyone refer to suppositories as boring
0: well no because then you'd be high and be kind of dull like she was Uh, on a plane and i don't know they both had i don't i don't i'm not saying she did it because i i don't want to think of
1: you know i don't know i was only really offered them once in japan when i had a fever and they got a nurse to come backstage at the show in tokyo and she pulled out an aspirin and she said uh This is for your fever. You put it in your ass. (laughs) I love that. And I was like, hey, welcome to Japan. This is culture. Yeah, it's very
0: absorbent.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: So I have a question for you. Oh, I'd love Is that a question. that why you're smiling or what are you waiting for?
1: No, I'm just giving you some room to jump in. Share why do you thoughts you jump babe. In? When, I just yeah. jumped in. I just talked all about wheatgrass. What oh. better way could you start at a podcast than with wheatgrass? It was so natural. Suppo- it was yes. such a
0: natural prompt that I assumed it was not pre-planned. I'm
1: working on the normalization of wheatgrass suppository talks on podcasts. And I feel like we've taken and a And the normalization
0: step of prompts that feel just so natural. What songs do you know all the words to? Let me answer first. I know. I think I know all the words. To
1: you didn't have to start that with a question. You could have just said, let me tell you some songs I know all the words um, to. Yeah. I,
0: I know all the words to uh Rocky Raccoon, I think, the Great. Beatles song. Love it. Hotel California. Love it. Classic. These are all like story songs, which yes. makes sense. But also maybe Oh Superman by Laurie Anderson.
1: And the only words that are ha, 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 ha. No, there's o many Superman, words. Oh, whatever. No, Sing no. a little bit first. us. Um, Wait, I'll do the ha, ha, ha bit. How does it go? It goes ha, 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 ha. Wait, I mean, wrong. they're wrong Ha 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 ha, ha, ha. <laughs> You do the bit on top. Ha, Hello. Ha, ha, ha. I'm not home right now. Ha, ha, but if you want to leave ha, a message, ha, ha, just start ha, talking ha, at the sound of the ha, tone. Ha ha. ha, 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 ha. Uh. Oh, that was it awesome. goes on and on. Yeah, yeah. We do not going to do the whole thing right now.
0: Um, but it's such a good song.
1: So is that? And have you? Because I listened to Laurie Anderson on. Um, Mark Maron the other day and it was I have always obviously known about her and her relationship with Lou Reed and stuff but I'd never done a deep dive and heard her talk and it was pretty fascinating
0: her sister was my only guitar teacher and she coincidentally she was teaching in LA Laurie Anderson's sister and she coincidentally I think taught Adam Horvitz guitar back in New York
1: Laurie Anderson's sister yeah and the first
0: song I wanted to learn was Oh Yoko and I remember she paused and was like Okay. <laughs> is it, what is usually the song people learn? Not,
1: not a common request from an 11-year-old. They probably learn,
0: yeah.
1: Or no. Oh, that's what, Sweet Leaf by uh, I don't know. Black or is Sabbath? that a
0: bass song people want to learn?
1: Oh, it's too complicated. But it, normally you learn an a a song with A, D, and E chords Oh, I in also
0: it. learned, um, what is that cute song, uh Not wake up little Susie, but it's a '50s song. Maybe Billy Holly. Remember Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Well, Billy
1: was his sister,
0: (laughs) who didn't teach me guitar. Um, Only Laurie Anderson. Every day or something. Not every day. It was. um, I I I can't remember.
1: I found it interesting that Laurie Anderson and Lou Reed both had a very uh, intense relationship with their spiritual and Tai Chi teachers and all of Mm. that stuff. And it was, it was a little triggering for me. Brought up some memories. Well, yeah, I actually
0: have a question. Like, so how do you, someone who's been so deep, too deep, I would say. A little too deep. A little too deep. I mean, not, you know, for me personally, but a little too deep in the spiritual worlds where you, you know, sort of followed different gurus to the point where you lost your own thoughts and it sort of, I would say, separated you a little bit from others.
1: I followed teachers. I didn't watch my park and meters.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Who said that? It was
1: Bob Dylan. I'm oh, okay. Don't follow leaders. I watch and meters.
0: So yeah. you did that. And it's hard not to. A lot of these teachers say they are anti-teachers. They are anti-gurus. It's like very hard when their thing is, this isn't a cult. You should follow your own mind. I would never tell you this is all about oh, you Classic, classic finding guru. Your talk. Truth. Classic guru talk. I'm I accident I don't even want to be a guru. Like no. I don't believe in gurus. No I, guru I, it wants it to be ha- a guru. It's thrust upon know, them.
1: It's just the way. Even of-
0: Krishnamurti, yeah. who's so yeah, yeah, lovely,
1: yeah. you know. You gotta put up a good fight to be a good guru. You know what I mean? You gotta like drag your feet a little going into it. Yeah. It's like a reluctant rock star. Like we yeah. don't want people that are too keen. We don't want gurus that wanna be gurus that badly. Yeah.
0: And even when they say that didn't want to but then they end up doing it do you think that that's morally I mean even for someone who's like kicking and screaming about it I mean I did love that one guru in but wait a, what's the question well I have the question but I'm uh, okay. digressing okay, a little okay. but remember the one guru in India who was um, a homeless man in India and he uh, he just was like so amazing people Yogi
1: Ramsurat Kumar that he, was someone that healed the childhood. so Charlton he kind about. of
0: didn't yeah did he like he didn't want to, but people just started following him anyway.
1: Look, I'll tell you, this is the thing, I think feels similarly about gurus as rock stars or celebrities, if you don't want it badly enough, you can stop it. Mm. Like I think a lot of the, there's a lot of sort of feeble yeah. attempts to protest. And
0: even yeah. some people, well, actually I would say some people can go around in the world being less recognized. Like there's that, uh, I think it's in a Truman Capote short story or maybe it's a story about- when she was walking with him in the street in New York and she wasn't being recognized. And then she said, watch this. And she just did sort of a vibe and that everyone was like noticing Vibe her. shift.
1: She went invisible.
0: She, fr- yeah, yeah, first she was invisible and then she vibed into Notice Me and uh, people started being like, that's Marilyn. Some people, though, I'm
1: very good she at- She turned reading. on her charisma.
0: She did. And yeah. I'm very good at recognizing people. So I would say most people could go through life not being recognized, but- I, I can't blame them. Some people are just recognizable because I was saying a lot of people could have more privacy if they wanted, but I think that's not true necessarily. So wait, let me go to my question.
1: <laughs> I just want to say like you are, I do semi-tune out celebrities when I, like, I don't know why just, my radar isn't up. Like we, a few, a couple weeks ago, we went to dinner somewhere and at the next table to us was sasha baron cohen and isla fisher and i noticed them and i was like oh give them privacy i'm not gonna look not gonna look over there and i realized they were having dinner with george and amal clooney and i didn't i didn't even register
0: i registered the whole thing even though george clooney was very in the shade shadow because it was night but it was like he was in the dark
1: Mm. i i was i tried to eavesdrop once i realized but it was too late to no avail
0: and they seemed to be having a really nice time grand old time that was really sweet cute i mean what a cute to uh date date nights foursome um so yeah my question is how do you take um you know the good do you still from your all the spiritual and I, i i've had a lot of seeking myself but now i feel like we've both kind of not turned our backs but we're just really taking a hard look at all of this I mean, I think I've gone back to what I was, to answer your question, (laughs) I think I've gone back to my childhood relationship to nature and the unknown, which is like, I don't even really like think too hard about it. I just sort of am experiencing my experiences. Yeah, I remember
1: asking um, some Tibetan monks what their feelings were about the idea of God. And one of them said, we don't concern ourselves with the question.
0: That's very Buddhist, right? Like yeah, the to- Tibetan monks. Buddhist yeah, right, Not right. yeah, 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 yeah. to say God stuff. But yeah, it's hard not but to just But it's not to turn- deny it.
1: it. It might be real, but they're just like, it's not our business.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's how I kind of... I remember being like embarrassed when people talked about... Jesus on the playground when I was a kid. Oh, what which a happened. great
1: dude! You should call your memoir "Jesus on the Playground." That <laughs> is a great title. It
0: wouldn't be d- d- <laughs> confusing for the a Jewish.
1: Yeah. I sky Jesus on the playground. But
0: um, I I thought yeah. it not embarrassed because I'm like down on any you know concepts or whatnot. But I just thought all oh, this stuff is so private for everybody. Why are you even like saying things like that out loud? It just all felt so personal. Like, don't start talking about it. I, you know, yeah. But do you, do you have any? Practices that linger still, or
1: I think. Well, I mean, the main thing I think about all these gurus and everything is fundamentally, I don't believe that anybody has the right to tell anybody else how to live or to claim any type of insight above anybody else's. And all of these teachers that's what they build their whole thing on. They're basically selling you a solution to a problem that you didn't even know you had. And they kind of like hit the pain point of whatever is bothering you in life. Like people go through a heartbreak or, I don't know, they might have substance issues or whatever it is. And you're looking for something and you get told, well, the actual problem is this and here is the solution. So I just kind of now I'm very skeptical of anyone selling anybody a solution. And what I like about like show business is that in a way it sort of does almost the opposite to what gurus do where – as gurus are sort of making money and a- accumulating power all the time under the guise of helping you, I think in show business you can actually help people under the guise of just making money. Do you know what I mean? Like it's almost like capitalism – like you're not pretending it's anything more than capitalism. And then if it actually helps the world, that's like a bonus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of, that's how I feel about
0: yeah. it these days. Yeah. Like um- – Quincy Jones. Yeah, oh,
1: look, there's so many Like he's sort of
0: obviously, you know, we know, well, some people know, you know, he's had his battles with drinking and this and that, and he never claimed to be this guru, but he, people just felt like they could go to him, and like what he said was kind of gold, and he just kind of is a magical person, but I get the feeling, and I don't – I met him once when I was friendly with Rashida and Kadada for one sec, but he was, you know, like obviously a special, is a special person, but – I don't think he, you know, would be happy if people started coming around to like, you know, to ask questions. And I don't mind paying for a class or having a teacher. Wait, wait, just back to Quincy
1: Jones for one second for Did you ever read that amazing interview he did, Totally Drunk, that like I think his family like curbed his uh, press appearances after that because he went into like Michael Michael Jackson Jackson. stole all these ideas. and I mean it was so – it was amazing because it was so – breaking the veil of sort of uh, silence that producers of those types of records are meant to keep. It was so, it was scandalous. Yeah, but I,
0: I mean, he, yeah.
1: But anyway, you like to take a class. Well, no, I don't
0: mind because I was really going around, in my mind, like when you were really deep into different groups and cults and whatever, we didn't think there were cults, but I was just sort of like, I'm not anti-teacher. Like I'll go to, you know, a tap dancing class or try to learn how to write a script online sometimes. Like it is really just and you might even go to, you know, your whatever, rabbi, pastor, I don't know, but when it becomes uh like I don't know, when you can't don't have your mind, I think it's on the person to th- say if you say I want some advice, say you go to your pastor or rabbi. I want marital advice. I'm having a problem, and they give their you know opinion, and you think, does this feel right to me? Does this not feel right to me? Like,
1: did that? Yeah, but I think it's I on the person to
0: kind of like think, oh, did that advice work or not? And yeah, not to but- kind of give up your whole. I I,
1: I I partially agree. I also think when I give advice, I often. Also say this is just my opinion because I do think there is responsibility on the shoulders of the person giving the advice to check that they are not being interpreted as having some privileged information. Like I'll do the same. I know. I don't love if they're asking something. I'll just say like, hey, just my opinion. But what I would do is because gurus can see that the people following them are putting them on a pedestal and are taking their advice word for word as gospel. They can see it's happening. Yeah. I don't think they're innocent in that. But yeah, I hear like. you. Together we're leader, we're together.
0: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance.
1: Well, there was a beautiful education night of a certain type that we went to recently. Oh, yeah, that That our friend great. Free yeah, yeah, started yeah. this thing called Record Club. <laughs> and his whole – Cut to he's our next guru. <laughs> yeah. But his whole vision of this event was that people don't get together and listen to music, listen to records anymore. So, you know, it's happened downtown in L.A. I think he's done it now three or four times where he picks sort of a classic record – and puts it on an amazing sound system and everyone listens together yeah. and then maybe has a chat after. And he played Frank Ocean's record, Endless, which neither of us were familiar with. I'd listened to um, Blonde and Channel Orange, but this came before and it was something he did exclusively with Apple Music, I guess, to get out of a deal. Anyway, it is a gorgeous piece of music and I loved it listening to music it was like going to church I loved it but the other thing was what I realized was that active listening I left there a Frank Ocean fan because I'd listened attentively to the music and it made me realize there's probably a lot of artists that I could drop into if I gave them the time and space and really listen to their work that way I was so grateful for it
0: no it was fantastic I didn't know I know he's done a lot of them now and I just you think is this going to be as good as I hope it is, and it really was. It was really um, fantastic. It makes me think of when I was in upstate and I came back early from like the restaurant and saw my. I was at my friend Martine's and her brother and father were in their house in the country listening at full They were full like smoking volume. weed listening to Zeppelin or yeah, something, right? Something yeah, something really loud just in silence. And, I know, and they father both, and son just sitting there. they both like from a different, but we used to do that in this very room. I remember like Jay Schwartzman playing mm-hmm. records or, you know, of course, in the Beastie Boy days or like when I had my apartment in New York, I had a record player still and just, I'm sure people do it, but especially listening. I think gathering together
1: though yeah. is a unique. There was probably 150 people there and us all, some people knew the records, some didn't, but listening, Listening in this way that you were willing to hear it for the first time too, even if you knew it, yeah. was kind of amazing. No, it was
0: really good. Do you think "Love the One You're With," the Crosby, Stills, and Nash song, is a is a pro cheating
1: song, mm.
0: or because it's like sounds like it's well, obviously it sounds like gonna, sounds like
1: you're gonna answer no, right after that? I'm question. not. <laughs> 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 um, it's a little like free love and a little bit a little bit of complacency. Like there's settling in it. There's like, you know, you might not have your dream person, but love the one you're with, right? Right,
0: yeah. And I always imagine someone has a their boyfriend's on tour. Oh, no, or their, yeah, their boyfriend or girlfriend's on tour. That's how I imagine the story in my mind. And you're with someone somewhere and you're like sort of lonely, but sort of not, and you turn to the person next to you and you're like, I could love you, I guess. And yeah, then like, yeah. am I supposed to then, s- I'm going to sleep with you too, because I could love you, even though I'm thinking about this person on tour. I don't know why that's my story.
1: Yeah, no, I get that. And I it wasn't that it, exciting. It yeah, it was well, like, a bit depressing, actually. It felt like <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, It's not really like like a lot of music touches a uh, type of idealism or hope for a utopian situation. This is more like,
0: uh, you know yeah. who who's
1: left at the club at two a.m. Right? Yeah, you can you, yeah, you can, can figure that it person. out. You know what has been so cool the last couple of weeks is seeing all the love that Beef is getting. The oh yeah, Ali Wong show that you're yeah, in yeah, yeah, on yeah. Netflix that yeah. no one realized you were in. But so you play what? What's your character?
0: I play Ali Wong's her character's Amy. I play her childhood f- imagination of like when you're a kid. And you read scary books. Um, it's loosely based on Miss Nelson. There's a kids book, and she's a witch character. Basically, it's a child's fear, shame character that kids put onto scary, you know, characters or imagining. So yeah, I'm the a hallucination, basically, right? and I'm from like a childhood book or conjured up of someone who just keeps saying. You know, you and it's Sonny, the showrunner, the person created who out created out. the show. He had this, and he put it in the story. So Amy Wong, this didn't happen to her personally. Ali Wong, Ali Wong playing Amy. I miss. I'm mis- um, see. I'm so in the story. Um, but her. So this had happened to him personally. So I thought it was kind of fun to play this character that personally happened to the creator of the show when he was a kid. So I'm the character that finds. You know, Ali Wong's character is a kid hiding candy under the bed. And I, you know, and then this character, though, follows her into her early 20s, even occasionally when she's having sex with someone that she really feels like she shouldn't be having sex with because she's just like being destructive. So it's that sort of voice inside your head, the negative voice. But I but in in a hallucination character
1: was that your first time being in that intense prosthetics
0: yeah for sure and i used so to for
1: people don't know you are unrecognizable unrecognizable so, yeah.
0: the prosthetics like the putting on is one thing it's the taking off that's a bitch man yeah but um yeah so that was so fun i loved ali wong from just her comedy and like i and after meeting her i was like Please let her be my new best friend. But it didn't happen. (laughs) There's still still time. Life is long.
1: You know who I want to talk about, though? Our friends Sarah and Sally. Oh, my God. That's so exciting. So we have these friends, Sarah and Sally Edwards.
0: Talk about magical people. Yeah.
1: They're two British uh, twin sisters Mm -hmm. who I first met because they were publicists for Grand Royal, the label I was on back in the 90s. And they, they're they actually people, a lot of people remember the cover to the Placebo album, Without You I'm Nothing, that's actually a photo of Sarah and Sally sitting opposite each other at a table. So, they're amazing. So they used to do a hip-hop magazine in England and it was the first blag. hip-hop magazine in England. And it was blag. quite famous. It's like a fashion magazine. It was like yeah. a, a real object, yes. like a beautiful object. Anyway, we've been talking to them We've been talking about and they, collaborating with them in they so always talk many about ways. getting yeah. great
0: interviews. Like, there yeah. are certain people that could get great interviews. They with, were just had their eye on, they knew what was well, happening. Well, they had great
1: taste and great, they're, they're genuine fans. And I think artists love talking to and genuine fans. And
0: the 90s, like, is, people are so interested. And that yeah. was sort of one of the heydays of their um, magazine yeah. was sort of in the
1: so, 90s. So we were talking um, for and a London few months about doing 90s, something so, together. Oh God, sorry, I'm overexcited. <laughs> we were talking about doing something together and... Um, they just recently discovered sort of all the original cassettes that all of the interviews for Blag originally uh, happened on before they were transcribed. And the some of the examples of uh, the people they interviewed and the moments they interviewed them, like they interview Outcast right before Hey Ya comes out, interviewing Amy Winehouse on the Back to Black album, interviewing um, Slum Village on their first trip To the UK, Questlove, you know, when the roots, when like his career was obviously it's it's been amazing for a long time, but what's come out of it was has been a surprise. I think even to him. Um, So they found all these cassettes, and they were like, "What if we do a podcast series where each week we release?" one of the original um, interviews, audio interviews, from these sort of historic moments in time. And so we're really excited. This week, the first one's going to come out, which is the interview with Andre 3000 and Big Boy, and it's called The Blag Show with Sarah and Sally. And we've got a tiny clip from just the beginning of the Outcast interview that we're going to throw to now. Check, check, check. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two,
0: one, two. two. So Andre... Can you describe big sense of humor, style, and most notable saying?
1: Uh, sense of humor. Sense of humor, it is spontaneous. Uh, kind of like, like to have fun with everybody, you know, even if he don't know you. So I just cannot wait for that. It's almost like a time capsule.
0: I know. I'm really excited. I've always kind of wanted to work with them, and it's so nice when something happens where it just is like the right time and it starts flowing, like
1: totally. That. And so, for people who don't know, we you know we put out this podcast, but we also have the Weirder Together podcast network where mm-hmm. we're putting out stuff by our friends. So this is going to be one of those. And we're just so um, I don't know. I love these because it's also from a time when they were recording it; they had no expectation of airing it. Um, so yeah, it's great. Were you just kicking me under the table? Like you were silencing me. That was an accidental stretch. No,
0: not like the other day where I mentioned something and Ben's so not subtle. He like literally got up from his chair and like bashed into another chair in an attempt to kind of stop me from talking about this <laughs> i didn't want possible... to create future
1: embarrassment and my solution was to create lots of it just looked momentary very it looked like
0: like you know you were like kicking me under the table but in front of the person where they could see I I'm was sorry. like no no it's i'm
1: you know desperate times call for desperate measures
0: i know i just didn't want to hurt
1: how fun was we were out recently and i don't want to say where because i do not want to risk this person's job but the waitress did afterwards come up to us and say, uh, "Oh yeah, didn't want to after, say anything
0: after our Vanderpump pub crawl."
1: She was like, "I don't want to. I didn't want to say anything, but I'm a big fan of the pot. I'm a. We beautiful ended baby. up, yeah,
0: we went to all Lisa Vanderpump's um, <laughs> restaurants and
1: stuff. Well, all the ones that are on that. Because we were block, a little yeah. early
0: to our fancy dinner, and then we're like, "Let's just look at these. Let's places. go to a pump crawl." And we did it, and then we went to this like kind of upscale spot but the waitress there as we were leaving it made me so happy said i'm a fan i know i would like the to pod, it's a podcast
1: i i i welcome people expressing their love to us in public i'm not do not be intimidated nice.
0: it's lovely to be you know I, it's funny i mean i like being admired for my acting chops as they say Is i like being a admired for word? my body. acting chops no, oh that's good
1: acting chops i don't yeah. know if i love that
0: expression mutton
1: chops yeah. Yeah, you'll be mindful but, um, of the
0: <laughs> But um I do love getting I mean don't don't not admire me for my acting but I love when it's about the podcast. I know.
1: It does feel like we have this intimate creative space and that the people who are listening are part of that and it's been interesting because it's been growing a bit recently and I think I do feel this sort of like gratitude and loyalty to the people that have been on the journey with us, and yeah. it's very, really,
0: it's really sweet. I just want to keep them interested.
1: Yeah, how are we gonna do it? Are you feeling the pressure? Do you feel the pressure when you sit down at the mic to be charming, to be witty, to have good um, anecdotes? I
0: just, I feel that like all the time. You do, but although I don't do it all the time, I know you see me at my. Schlumpiest.
1: Hey, if I can't handle you at your schlumpiness, I schlumpiest. I don't deserve you at your most charismatic. I do
0: try to have like a nice posture, position when I'm, you know, lounging, sitting. I know you're very elegant. Really, I'm I'm such a slouch. Trying. I want to like look at me. I'm slouching now, but I want to always be in a, a sort of. I don't know if it's for you or me. I think it's for the other person. Sadly, but I always want to like appear in a desirable shape or position, meaning not even just my body, but the sh- the shape I'm making as I'm sitting.
1: It's, it's weird for musicians that like, who came of age in the early nineties, where like literally like Kurt Cobain, Evan Dando, Billy Corgan, like all the heroes were basically, uh- walking advertisements for scoliosis but <laughs> there was no real incentivization to like straighten up your back. right? And, you know, yeah, and that's true. Posture.
0: That's true. But they pulled it off.
1: Do you know what was so nice? Because we've been, you know, we've been having dinners and parties and we're just in a very social phase still and it's been really nice. But someone, uh, our friend Jenny, who came over for dinner the other night, she texted the next day and she said that felt like what I imagined being a grown-up would be like when I was a kid. And I thought that was – there's almost no better way to sum up the space I want to create for people to be able to be like grown-ups and a little naughty, but from a place of total childlike innocence. I know. I
0: still feel like I'm pretending, and I admire people who kind of know how to – I mean, I I think – Pretending to be a grown-up? Yeah, pretending to be a grown-up, pretending to know how to like have a dinner party or – you know, decorate. Even though my decorating, it's just thoroughly artistic. And but I, I guess it means. I mean, I'm really enjoying it. But I don't know what aspect feels like what a kid thought. But I do feel like that.
1: Well, it's almost like I want to hang out with people with other people that are pretending to be grown ups. I don't want to <laughs> hang out with real grown ups. I want to hang out with. Other children who are pretending to be grown-ups. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Feel free to head over and review this podcast if you haven't Has done it Has anyone that yet. ever reviewed it? Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of reviews I'm up like, there.
0: I have a, like, blind spot You've got to get in review. there and stalk the start, beautiful babies. I feel like I should review other podcasts so you should. I can pay it forward. Yeah,
1: and uh, feel free to, if you want to send a voice note, you have any questions or stories, uh, to pod at gmail.com. And straight up, beautiful babies, we love you.
0: We love you, beautiful babies. Together we're leader, we
1: together.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.